Welcome to everyone this morning. If you're a guest with us today, we welcome you on this Memorial Day weekend. Amen. It's that holiday mindset. We're all just, if you're joining us online today, we welcome you wherever you are. And uh, it is great to have Brother George. Mubitsa Lifwatila, I hope I got close, and his family in service with us today. First met him in 1995 in Zambia when my wife and I went there with the gross box. Met him then, worked together with him there, and uh, Every so often he comes to visit family in the States and they make their way here and it is so encouraging. Um, you know, it, it really is an, ex- an encouraging thing when you see people who have just been steady and consistent in their walk with God and ministry. There's lots of people that come. In fact, there's, there's a lot of times when people kind of burst onto the scene with all this pomp and splendor and they're impressive and all of a sudden you look around and they're gone. But then there are those that are just dedicated, consistent, year after year, decade after decade. And I am thankful for that. And it's already been stated, but what a wonderful thing it was to have my wife in the car on the way to church today. Wow. Amen. Praise God. Thankful for the progress that she's continuing to make. And um, Amen. I want to share a revelation. You may get so wowed and distracted by it, but you miss the message because it's it's a completely different revelation than my message. Ah. I I was sitting, we were eating breakfast yesterday morning, and I I just had this powerful revelation hit me. And that is what a what a powerful place that my front porch is. I didn't realize how powerful my front porch is. Because stuff is getting delivered there all the time. Yeah. Thank you. Wah, wah, wah. All right, let's get serious. Although that is serious, just not in the same way. Genesis 2, verse number 8. This is not officially uh, part 2 from last week, but it is sort of connected. I preached to you last Sunday morning on the path, not a path, but the path of life. And this kind of connects to that. Genesis 2, verse number 8. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground 
made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Then skipping down to verse number 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Basically means to nurture it and guard it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die and again Psalm 16 and 11 that I read to you last week the psalmist says thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Father, thank you for the privilege of being in your presence today. Thank you for your spirit that has been manifested in this service. Thank you for every person that's present here today, those that are watching right now. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts today. I pray, God, that you would give us ears to hear and that our hearts would be good ground today for the seed of your word that it might do in us what you desire. Father, I trust you today. I depend on you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. One of the important characteristics of mankind is the right to choose. The right to our will. God was not interested in just robots serving him and loving him. He wanted someone that would choose. And so some say, well, why, why, why put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden and then tell Adam and Eve not to eat from it? Because how do you know? How do you know if you're choosing to do right and make the right choices if there's no other options? I mean, it's, it'd kind of be like if you were stuck on an island, you were not married, and you were stuck on an island with the person of the opposite sex, and there was only the two of you, same age, roughly, you know. Well, there's nobody else, so I guess... Let's get married. I don't know how you get married if there's nobody else, but how does that make you feel? How do you know? Are you choosing me because you like me? You love me? Or are you choosing me just because there's no other options? I don't want to be chosen because there's no other options. So God puts I mean, it, it says that there was every tree 
that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The garden was full of trees with fruit that was all available to them to eat as often and as much as they wanted, but the one tree, he simply says, don't eat this one. You can have all of this. In fact, he says you can have the tree of life. You can eat freely from the tree of life, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat from that tree. It's kind of like toddlers. Give them 20 toys in the living room. And what do they want? The one fragile thing that's sitting on the coffee table. Kind of in our nature, we sort of tend to get caught up in wanting what we can't have or shouldn't have. They were given the tree of life to eat freely from it. And all the other trees in the garden belonged, they, they were welcome to eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he says, don't, don't eat from that tree. Brother Isaac, will you grab that for me? We, we, uh, we, we kind of we get this life thing wrong a lot of times. Because many of us spend our lives trying to put all kind of different ingredients in, thinking we're going to get life out. So we, we put, hopefully we put family in, and friends, and jobs, and possessions, and education, money. God, we put Him in there. But God is one of the ingredients that if we can put them all in, life is going to come out. Do you know how it's supposed to work? There's one ingredient. Put God in. And now what flows out is life. Because there's plenty of evidence that shows us all of the different things people are trying to put in to get out life is not working. I haven't really paid attention other than a few things popping up in the news here and there. If you are enthralled with it, you really need to find a place to pray. There's way more important things going on in life than this. But there's been a trial going on with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I didn't realize it's in Fairfax County. Too far away from us. Those people have had all of the ingredients for life. We go out of town, need some place to stay. I'm looking at Airbnb. I'm going on Expedia because I want to get the nicest for the cheapest. I can promise you Johnny Depp probably has never even heard of Airbnb. Although there's some really expensive, nice places you can get on there. But if anybody ought to be able to have a great life, 
I mean, he's had it all. Success, popularity, money. And yet it's, it's not the case. Because there's only one place to get life from. And I'm going to tell you something I can testify today, and I think there's some others that can testify, that when you focus on doing the best you can to just pour Jesus in, there are some pretty amazing things that flow out. There's some pretty amazing things that can come in your life. In fact, Jesus said it like this, basically, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things. I want to paraphrase. All these things shall flow out from putting and seeking Him first. Again, there's a lot of people that are happy to have Jesus, God, religion as an ingredient. I, I, I've dabbled now for the last couple of years in, in baking some cookies. I, I, but I, I'm not to the point yet. There, I, I've, I've, I've heard it. I've watched it. I've seen it. I, one of my, uh, one of my, um, I've already got plenty of things that people are bashing me for. I don't know why I keep giving more ammunition, but here I go. One of my favorite things now at Christmas time for the last couple of years is the holiday baking championship on the Food Network. It's pretty cool. At least I think so. And you can you can see sometimes where they go to taste it and they, they can pick out an ingredient that was left out. I don't I there's some stuff I eat. You may know as the chef you left something out. You may know as the baker, but I don't know. It's okay to me. And and I think there's a lot of people that they they're fully Willing to accept that Jesus needs to be an ingredient. I need Jesus. Kind of like I need my old bay on my cream of crab soup or my crabs. I need Jesus. But He's one of the ingredients in the mix. I'm going to tell you that's not the way to get life. And that's not what life comes from. In that garden there was a tree of life. That's all you needed for life. And out of that tree comes life and life more abundantly. And then there's this other tree. Notice that, notice what this tree is called. It is called the knowledge of good and evil. And it was God's intention when He created mankind and put Him in the garden to know only good. God already knew what evil was like. He had already dealt with evil, with the, with Satan's uprising and casting out of heaven. God, God understood, but God placed Adam and Eve in this garden and intended for them to not know evil. And the only thing they had to do to not know evil was not eat of one tree. Can, can you imagine? I mean, if it would have been more understandable 
if, if there was all of those other trees that we read about, all of the other trees of every kind, if there was all of those trees and God says, out of all of those trees you can't eat, all you can eat is of this one tree. And yet what God says is, I'm giving you all of this. All I'm doing is saying, don't eat of one tree. Just one tree. (laughs) You can have all the rest that's good, good for food. All of those other trees, they were good, they tasted good. I don't know about the trees, but the fruit did. It was all good. And just one, he says, you can't have. Listen to what that word evil means. It means distress, misery, injury, calamity, adversity. That's what you're missing out on knowing. Adam... You can have everything but this tree. And if you eat this tree, you're now going to know what adversity is. You're, you're now going to know what distress is. You're, you're now going to know what, what some hard things to deal with are. But, but here is part of the challenge. He said it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Which is part of our our problem. I I was going to read these verses a little bit later, but I'll read them now. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 23 says this, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, when Moses was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God, rather than enjoying the pleasures of sin for a season. Which is... Part of the problem we face, there is pleasure in sin. There is fun in sin. Any parents that raises their kids telling them otherwise are doing a great disservice. Because when that kid sins and gets some of the fun and the pleasure, they're going to think you're just a liar. Any preacher that tells you there's no fun and pleasure in sin... It was the tree of the knowledge of good. But unfortunately, it's not just the tree of the knowledge of good. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's the tree of the knowledge of the pleasure, but not, but now the consequences. So you, you are now exposed to something pleasurable and enjoyable that was forbidden, but you are now also exposed to the consequences of that. When all along you could have eaten from the tree of life. Now, now hear me. 
The tree of life is not the tree of a of a life without any, or it's not the not the path. It's not the life without any problems or pain. I think life is really a lot like a rose. I think a rose is one of the prettiest flowers there is. But you don't just reach out and grab it by the stem. Because it'll hurt you. You're going to get cut. We understand there, there's, there's some thorns with the rose. That, that bud, that, that blossom is beautiful, but there's also some other parts to it that can hurt you. So it is with life. The bottom line is, I don't have to have a perfect life, pain-free life, to have life. And to have it more abundantly. Because there is a path of life that I can walk, that has life and life more abundantly, and I can still go through the obstacles and the adversities of life, and yet know what life is like. That's part of, I think, the difference between those that know Jesus and are walking with Him versus those that aren't. Those that don't know Jesus, life has got to be good. It's got to be perfect to have peace and joy. But those that know Jesus can have problems and difficulties going on in their life and there still is this source of joy and there still is this source of peace that comes from Him that is independent from what my circumstances may be. You, you, you really can find this, this idea and this pattern really throughout much of Scripture where there, there are these options that are laid out tree of life, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The Lord said in Deuteronomy 30 in verse number 19, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that thou and thy seed may live. If you read that verse, is there really a choice? I mean, is what person in their right mind doesn't say, I want life? Except what happens? What happened to the children of Israel? They didn't choose life. They partly didn't choose life because I think there was an idea that says, you know, I know what God said, but... I know what the Word of God says, but I just... Earlier in Leviticus, he said this to them. Leviticus 26 and verse 3. If, if you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, then I will give you rain in due season and the land shall yield her increase and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. That's what happens if you walk in his statutes, but and, and, and verses 5 through 15, or excuse me, 5 through 
uh, 13 or more of the promises of the good things that will happen. And then verse number 14, he says, But if you will not hearken unto me, and will not do all these commandments, and if you shall despise my statutes, or if your soul abhor my judgments, so that you will not do all my commandments, but that you break my covenant, I also will do this unto you. I will even appoint over I will even appoint over you terror, consumption, and the burning egg that shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart, and ye shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat, shall eat it. And then through verse 39, 17 through 39, is, it's just more of the bad things that are going to happen. If you disregard his statutes, and, and, and again, the problem, I think I said this last week, last Sunday morning, the problem is like Adam and Eve in the garden. It's amazing because God says, the day you eat of it, you will surely die. But then the serpent comes along, and he says, you won't die. You're not going to die. Go, go ahead and eat of that tree. You won't die. So finally, and again, as I said last Sunday morning, I think there was some significant period of time before Eve finally decided to try that fruit. And she, she, takes, she takes a bite of it. And what happens? What happens? Well, let's pretend we're in the classroom. What happens? Some are saying she doesn't die. Any other answers? Anything else? She doesn't die. Anybody? Nothing, right? So I'm hearing, if you're saying something else, I need you to speak up. I'm 50. I'm struggling with my hearing. I really am, but I'm also learning it's kind of convenient sometimes. <laughs> Our dog rings bells on the door to let us know. I can be sitting on the other side of the family room, which is not much farther from here to that pulpit. And my, Did you hear him ring the bells? No. Of course, my opinion, whoever hears it ought to be the one that has to go. doesn't work that way, but... <laughs> She didn't die. Nothing happened. I would say that y'all are just like the devil, but I won't call you that devil. Because if that's the case, then God lied. Did nothing happen? If nothing happened, God lied. Something happened. The problem was Satan was able to get her thinking in one vein. You're not going to fall over and drop dead when you eat that fruit. That was, that was the context. It wasn't about the spiritual. I should have kept my mouth shut Thursday night because it works this morning. I didn't think it would work so soon. We went on Wednesday to see the Blue Angels. It was an overcast day. 
cloudy day. I don't even remember one time, actually, I think a time or two when they were actually flying. I saw through some cloud the, the circle of the sun. But other than that, and by that evening, I was hurting. And throughout the night, I had to kind of keep getting my arms positioned right because the covers on my arms was kind of, man. You know what I started doing pretty much from the time I recognized I'm now burned? I was lathering on, what is it, banana boat something or I don't know, some kind of cream that's supposed to have aloe or something. I mean, I'm lathering up every couple of hours. So that hopefully I don't have happen what's been happening in the last 24 hours. Keep seeing little things on my pieces of skin in my peripheral. I mean, I'm telling you, I've been slapping that stuff on and putting my Aveeno fragrance-free lotion on. I mean, just lathering up. So... Here goes my spiritual correlation. Sin is much the same way. In the moment, you're not recognizing the damage. In the moment, you're not recognizing because you don't see it or feel it. All you feel is the pleasure. I I was enjoying the beautiful day and the good company, and, and, and I wasn't realizing that I'm actually hurting myself right now. Brother George, we were in, I think it was one of the first couple of times I went overseas with my parents. I was still in my early teens, and we were in Malawi, and we went to Lake Malawi for, with the gross box for a couple of days of relaxation. And um, we, we, we were there, and, and we were, if I remember correctly, it was mid to late morning, and we spent... A little over an hour at the most. My mother, who spent most of the time up by a picnic table with her legs sort of crossed and folded under, back towards under the seat, ended up with blisters. Others of us ended up with blisters, sun poisoning. Because it was just, we weren't used to the sun like that. And, and it didn't, didn't feel, didn't feel like anything was happening. Oh, Lord. I know, I know, I know, it's Memorial Day, it's Memorial Day. We got stuff we're going to grill and food we're going to eat and hopefully some cornhole we're going to play and a few other things we're going to do today and then more tomorrow and come on come on pastor come on preacher just 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 you know stroke our ego for a few minutes so we can we can go about life putting in all the ingredients we think are necessary Last Monday, we had other plans over the last month of how we were going to celebrate it and all changed for a variety of reasons, really. I mean, partly because my wife's neck issues, but 
there's also something else happening next month that really we didn't need to be gone for a week and a half so that Last Monday, I, I, we we celebrated 30 years. Of, I I don't even the turning 50 in the fall and 30 years of marriage in the spring. Those two numbers, respectively, have just messed my mind up so much. How in the world I can be 50 years old? How in the world we could be married 30 years? You know what? I don't have. Anywhere close, Johnny Depp probably makes in a day what I make in a year, or maybe more. <laughs> he, I, he, think he's got houses all over the world. He's got, I mean, but you know what? I'll take, I'll take the little house I live in and my Airbnb and Expedia vacations. Over that, and I, I, I haven't done it. We haven't done it perfectly, but I'll tell you the bottom line: how we got there was Jesus, Jesus in focus on Jesus. Let everything revolve around Jesus. And some of you are still got that wrong solar system philosophy. You're still of the opinion everything revolves around the Earth because you think everything revolves around you. See, no matter I, I, I I'm fifty. At fifty, there's some things that I th- I would have thought by now at fifty years old I wouldn't care about anymore. But I I kind of still like to have a tan. I think come about December they ought to make a tanning salon package a part of my employment package. You ever see me on the screen up there in the January? Ew. I know some of you are just so what what beyond me on that and car. I don't know how those I'm just gonna take my time for the next few minutes here at least because I mean have you ever seen professional golfers? Great, you ever see them? They they go to take their tip their hat at the end of the round and they literally have this pale white forehead and then like from here down as tan as can be i'm telling you if i ever was on the pga tour i'd be the one guy that never wore a hat so i mean that was part of the reason i'm I, I, hey i got my first son of the year i kind of like to keep it it's kind of amazing though the damage is done Here's the thing that's, I mean, granted, further in that same chapter after he says, if you walk in my statutes, keep my commandments, here's what I'm going to do. All these blessings, all these great things. And and then if you don't, then here's all the negative things that are going to happen. But what's really kind of encouraging is after all of that, in the last part of the chapter, he does say, even after you've chosen to disregard my commandments... 
basically what he says is, if you will repent, I'll forgive you. If you disregard everything I'm telling you to do and live your way and, and, and all the curses that are going to come to you, if you will turn to me again and, and, and seek my forgiveness, I will forgive you. That is a great thing. But the problem is, forgiveness and the elimination of all consequences from your sin are not the same thing. Just because God forgives you does not mean He now voids all of the consequences of what you've done. Which is part of the reason we struggle sometimes with are we forgiven because we're still dealing with some of the consequences. Yes, we are forgiven, but He doesn't erase every issue and problem just because we were forgiven. So therefore... I can choose to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and I will enjoy some good from that tree but the pleasure is only for a season. It's just for a season. And the bottom line is at the end of the season there's always a debt to pay. And that debt usually comes with interest. (laughs) He's not here. I'd probably talk about him if he was here, but he's not here. So it's a little easier to talk about him. Nathaniel just recently got some much better understanding of kind of the way credit cards work. For right now, and I pray it stays this way, for right now, he is like wants nothing to do with a credit card in his name. Notice I added the his name because he's still happy to touch mine. Still happy to use mine. He, he came to the he came to the table a couple of weeks ago, having just learned some things, and the and basically the whole conversation revolved around credit cards, and the fact that and this was years ago. I would I wouldn't be surprised if it's different now, but as of several years ago, that I think the average household basically is the way I think it goes. The average household has fifteen thousand dollars of credit card debt. And there's another thing that's just like sin. Because every month, we just pay the minimum. I I, I bet you the credit card company, when they see you pay, if if you use a credit card and you're able to pay it off every month, I bet they hate you. I bet they really would love to cancel your card. Because what they want is for you to pay the minimum. Because if you're paying the minimum, you're racking up debt. 
You ever, see, you ever stop long enough to read this credit card statement where it'll tell you on there that if you pay the minimum, and of course, paying the minimum is based on the balance you currently have. Right, Brother Brenner? Not based on, based on, it'll tell you if you pay the minimum, you'll pay it off in like 79 years. They don't mind you just paying the minimum because they're racking money up. You know what? Oh, boy. The devil don't mind you showing up to church a couple of times a week and just kind of paying your dues and then going the rest of the time living the way you want to live because he knows there's coming a day I'm going to collect. There's coming a time I'm going to collect on all of it. And when I go to collect on all of it, the bill is going to be much worse than you thought it was going to be. So you can eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil if you want but there will be consequences. Yes, there's pleasure. Yes, there's fun. But you're going to have to pay. But there is a tree of life. Jesus said He is the bread of life. I... I, I I've touched on it already, but again, I'm not saying that, that eating from the tree of life Following the path of life is a pain-free, problem-free life. Jesus said it. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. He sends the rain on both. And in the context of that verse, rain is really not intended to be bad. We often kind of put that in a bad context. It's intended to be good. Rain in the context of watering crops and all that. It says the rain falls on both. Be kind of interesting, wouldn't it, if the rain only fell on the godly? If it did, it'd make my job easier. Because every time it rained, I would just jump in my car. And I'd just go ride around and see what houses it was raining on. Because every house it wasn't raining on, well, they need Jesus. Of course, it wouldn't be too good if I drove by one of your houses that come here all the time and it wasn't raining. Hopefully you got some good dessert and sweets to eat later. It rains on the just and the unjust. And sometimes, hear me, sometimes, Brother Tommy, it seems like the godly actually have more pain and suffering than the ungodly. That's basically what the psalmist said in Psalms 23. He said, I got to looking at the prosperity of the wicked. I got to looking at how good their lives seem, and yet they have no regard for God. And then he says, it was, it, it reached the point that it was almost too much for me to bear. Anybody ever been there? The only ones that haven't been there as a Christian are those that just got saved. Because if you've been saved for any length of time, you've been there and you're going to get there again. Because every now and then we get our eyes in the wrong place. And we start to see the prosperity 
of the ungodly. I'm trying to live my life surrendered and submitted to the Word of God, obedient to God, doing what God wants me to do, and I got, I got all these issues and problems and pain and suffering, and I'm looking at my neighbors, I'm looking at my friends, and they're not worried about God, and they're getting new jobs, new cars, new boats, new this, new that. Life looks good for them. I'm about to slip until... Until what? He says, until I got into the sanctuary. Until I got into the presence of God. Everything changed when he got in the presence of God. And the simple thing that happened was, he says, when I got in the presence of God, I understood their end. I understood the outcome of their lives. When I got in the presence of God, I realized everything's great right now. Everything looks good right now. But the end of it all is not good. It appears from that psalm that he had a complete transformation and yet nothing in his life changed. Not one circumstance changed. The thing that changed was he turned his eyes. He turned his eyes on Jesus. Rather than looking at all of that, he got his eyes fixed on Jesus. And so as I've said several times in the last little while, for those of us that are trying our best to live according to the Word of God, a life surrendered, and I'm not talking about trying to earn salvation and all of that stuff. I just, I just mean I'm in love with Jesus. I want to please Him. I, I want to do what He wants me to do because I know what He wants me to do is ultimately what's best for me. If I can... Keep my eyes fixed. Then this is what I've said a couple times the last couple of months. This, for the child of God, this is your hell. That's it. This is the only hell you will ever experience. And for the person that never decides to surrender their life to Jesus, this is heaven. This is heaven. Now please hear me, because as, as believers, we ought to have compassion and a desire to see every... I'm, I'm, not, I'm not negating that part. I'm just in the context of this point in this message. Why are you envious and jealous of those that are getting their best life now? I don't know about you. I don't want my best life now. If this is my best life, it is so quick. I'm, I'm going to be done in a couple minutes, I promise you. That's relatively speaking. I, I was sitting in the last couple of months with trying to be available for my wife. I haven't really done what became my routine on Sunday mornings and coming up here early, and so I'm back to my spot. I'm trying to study. I'm thinking about the fact that there's some 
hustle and bustle that I'm used to on Sunday mornings while I'm studying. That's declining. It's changing. There's an there's a individual that I'm used to seeing coming out of the hallway to get their coffee and go iron their clothes that my wife was so kind to tell me, today's the 29th, one month from today, the wedding. Why do I need to know that this morning? Why do I need to be reminded of that today? I'm trying to have an enjoyable holiday weekend, and you're reminding me of the pending loss that is coming. I ain't gaining a son yet. Sorry, no. Takes time. I got there with Jalen after a couple months. I'll get there with Jacob, but we ain't there yet. Ain't no son right now. He's a thief. <laughs> Stealing my stuff. Oh. I, I will tell you there's another side of me that, man, the last couple of months, the beginning at least, I know there'll be bumps along the way, but, man, Jalen and Esther and life with some married kids is pretty, it's actually pretty cool, pretty neat. But it's different. My point is, I don't, I don't know how we got here, brother Barr. How do you? You're a grandfather. You've been a grandfather. How did I would have, wouldn't be surprised if you still wonder how you got there. Why do I want this to be the best when it's like that? I, I, my, my grandmother, last living grandparent, is here, sitting here in her nineties. I'm pretty sure if we interviewed her right now, she'd say. My 50 has gone by like that. Some of your 70s have gone by like that. Why do I want this to be the best? When I can have eternity be my best life. And I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. From a human perspective, I'm sorry to tell you, you don't get both. And again, I, I am thankful for the pleasures and the joys of life that I've had, but there's a lot of bumps along the way as well. But based on what's to come, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more dying, no more pain, no more, no more, no more all of the junk we deal with down here for an eternity. I think we could put up with this for a little while since this is just a vapor. And I'd rather not spoil that for something that's going to give me a moment of good and pleasure. But then I've got to deal with the evil. I have to deal with the consequences. Proverbs 4 verse 14 as I... Wind down here. Enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. It's amazing because those statements seem like, duh. Of course. And yet, humanity is constantly going down the path of the wicked and not and going the and going the way of evil men and trying to see how close they can get to the edge 
For they, for they sleep not except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence, but the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips, put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all their ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Thy word, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word, thy word the root cause of every issue we're dealing with in our world today is the fact somebody decided that the Word was not the lamp to their feet and the light to their path. I'm sorry you say that's too simple, preacher. Well, I'm sorry that's the case because there's not one issue in this world today that if people were truly using the Word of God as their light and their lamp would be the issue. We're here because nobody wants the Word to be the lamp and the light. Because you know what? There's some really cool, neat, great stuff in here. But I gotta tell you, I said it Thursday night. There's an old song we, we, we've sung through the years. It says, to be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. On earth I long to be like Jesus. There, there is some part of me way down deep inside that wants to be like Jesus. But my flesh doesn't want to be like Jesus. Again, as I said Thursday night, yeah, I want to be like the Jesus who can cause the storm to go silent. I want to be the Jesus that can make five loaves and two fishes turn into enough to feed thousands. I want to be like that Jesus, but I don't want to be like the Jesus that says when somebody hits you on one cheek, give them the other one. I don't want to be like the Jesus that says forgive 70 times 7. I... I that's not in me. Paul said, in my flesh there's no good thing. That, that goes against me. My flesh wants to get even. I shouldn't tell you all this. If you've never thought of this, there's no point in praying it because it doesn't work. But, you know, the Lord says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. That's what he says. There have been a few times I've honestly said, Lord, I know vengeance is yours, but you need a vessel. I mean, if you need to use somebody for some vengeance, I'd be happy to volunteer for it. It's just it's a moment. It's a vapor. So to submit myself to all those things I don't really like, I mean, there would be no divorce 
in the world if every husband did what Paul said. Love your wives as Christ loved the church. We'll take care of it. That would be it. Husbands love because... (laughs) You say, well, you don't know my wife. Yeah, well, I probably don't know you either. Because when I think about the way Christ loved the church, I'm a part of the church. And I'm well aware that we as the church are far from perfect. And we make mistakes and we don't get things right and we do things wrong a lot of times and He still continues to love us and care for us and do things for us way beyond what we could ever deserve or ask for. So if every husband loved their wives as Christ loved the church... Problem is, when we need to make the right decision, we don't want to know what the Bible says. Because then I'm accountable for what it says. Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. I mean, do do you understand that every... I I know, I realize, call me what you want to call me. My degree is not in theology. My degree is in business, business management. So I'm not here today as some kind of a theologian that this... from a natural, practical perspective, every single, I've, I've learned this for my own self, every single answer for life's issues and problems are right here. There's the tree of knowledge right here. All that I need to know. What said, all I ever needed to know I learned in kindergarten. I don't know about that, but I do know one thing. All I ever needed to know and all I will ever need to know when it comes to life and how to live and what to do, everything is right here. I don't need a New York Times bestseller. I don't need some kind of life coach. I don't need some kind of motivational speaker. I've got a lamp that is a light to my path. I've got a lamp that's going to show me where to go, where not to go, what steps to take, what steps not to take. And if I can live that, there's still going to be some pain and suffering. But that's not the same thing as the evil. The evil that was talked about in the knowledge of good and evil is the consequences Because I'm sorry, you may have a different explanation or a different theory on this, but there's a lot of stuff that happens that there's one simple explanation for it. You ready? It's life. It's life. It's life. It's the things that happen in life. I don't need some deep theological, mysterious explanation. It's life. As hard as it is, as as painful as it is for friends and loved ones and family members, people die because this is not eternity. Not saying it's easy, but it happens and because this is not the ultimate life. But again, what, what amazes me is if the only thing Jesus was willing to give you and I was eternal life. If that's all we got out of this, that would be more than we could ever ask for. But he says, I'm going to give you life and life more abundantly. 
And I've learned, and I think many of you here can testify today, that you've experienced not just a hope of eternal life, but you have experienced abundant life here and now. And there's some people, if we had time today, there's some people we could let share testimonies of what their life was like before Jesus when they were eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Pleasure, yes. Good times, yes. But then the consequences that went along with it. But now, they're walking the path of life. There's some... There's, there's couples, there's husbands and wives who are on the verge of marriages falling apart, marriages go ending in divorce, that, that God turned it around. There's homes that were falling apart. There were people that were barely making it financially that are now blessed and doing well. And because He doesn't just give us eternal life. It gives us abundant life here. Again, not problem-free, pain-free, difficulty-free. I realize some of you have lost loved ones, and so for you this is even more extreme, but please hear me again in the context of this message and me and our lives right now. But I definitely never... thought a whole lot brother bar about how wonderful it was to go to church with my wife because that's what we do that's what i never would have thought that her riding in the car to church would have been such a as we take it we could take so much for granted i i, I really probably shouldn't say this because i know where some of your minds are going to go and i'm not trying to go there I don't mean it. But for months, most nights, my wife hasn't even been in the bed. And then the night she's been in the bed, there's like this single bed memory foam <laughs> mattress and all. And I never I never thought it would be, you know. Again, I, I, I know some of you don't have loved ones anymore. Please hear me. Bear with me. For I'm talking about life. I'm not saying this life is always going to go well and easy. But man, there's it's amazing there's still a whole lot of blessings that get sprinkled. The problem is where are my eyes? Where are my eyes? I can tell you there've been a couple times in the last couple of months my eyes have started to wander on, you know, Lord, what is, what is the deal here? You called me to pastor this church. My wife and I have worked together throughout our entire ministries. Every From the time I became my first ministry role as youth pastor, we, we work together side by side. I, we, we balance each other. We help each other. And, and, I mean, and then all the things we've done, Lord, what in the world? This is not fair. He said it this way. I, can't, I told you, one of these days I'm going to get to preach another fun, enjoyable message. Today wasn't the day, Brother Middleton. 
bad enough when I just forget. It's another thing when I distract my own self and then forget. What was I saying? Where was I going? Anybody know? Can you help me out? No. What? Life's not easy. That's right, yes. Jesus said this, in this world, in this world, you shall. Brother Tony, that doesn't, that's not popular. That doesn't fill buildings. But he said, in this world, you shall have. Not might, not maybe. You will have tribulation. It's going to happen. But of course, he also said, be of good cheer, because I've overcome the world. But again, the point being, it's going to happen. So again, following the path of life doesn't mean there's not heartache and pain, but, but that's not the same evil that was talked about. So once again this morning, I guess sort of similar to last week, I, I want to challenge you. Maybe somebody today, maybe you need to de- decide because you haven't really been doing this, but you need to decide, you know what, I, I want to live my life walking the path of life. I've said this so many times throughout my ministry. If I die and it turns out there was nothing more, if I die and it turns out everything I believed and tried to live by wasn't necessary, what have I lost? What have I lost? Oh, I know I've lost a few experiences I could have had that could have introduced me to a little more pain and suffering. I've missed some opportunities to do some things that might have caused some broken relationships. Oh, that's what I missed? Because I don't know of a better life than a life that has lived walking the path of life. And I also know There's really not anything worse than having to experience the evil that comes with choosing to walk the wrong path. So if you're here today and you've you've never really made up your mind, you've never really decided, you know what, I want to walk the path of life, I, I want to challenge you to do that this morning. And then those of you that you've already been doing that, you've already been, maybe maybe you're one of those that are kind of in that Psalm 73 moment. You're seeing some things that are happening for others and you're seeing some of the negative things for you and, and your feet are about to slip. You're wondering what's really the use in this that you need to recommit and let God stable your steps today. Maybe some of you, you're walking the path and you're not questioning it. You're on it. You're staying on it. But just one more time, you just want to say, Jesus, I'm walking the path of life as you have determined it to be. I'm going to eat from the tree of life and not interested in 
eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because I may enjoy the pleasure for a moment, but then the consequences. Would you bow your head, close your eyes right where you are, please? Father, help us today. Lord, it's very apparent from your word. This is, this is a struggle of humanity from the very beginning of time. Lord, all the way back to the garden when there wasn't all the temptations, there wasn't all the options that we now face today. There, there wasn't all of the different types of distractions. It was just all about one single simple tree. There was a weakness in humanity in that moment, God. And if that was the case then, I wonder how much it's grown and magnified in us today. God, I pray right now that in a world where there are so many voices, so many voices in our lives, so many different ways in which we are bombarded with so many different messages and One of the underlying themes of all of those messages being, it's my life, I can live it the way I want to live it, I can do what I want to do with it. Or, from a human perspective, that's really an appealing mindset. But based on the truthfulness of your word, that's that's not the way to live. Help us today. Help us today. In Jesus' name. I'm not going to drag this out, but I feel like before we possibly dismiss, I wonder if there, as you please continue this for a moment with your head bowed and your eyes closed. Again, if nothing else, kind of reverence, respect for those around you. But I wonder if there's anybody here this morning that you feel that tug in your heart that maybe you need to go one step further than just simply where you're sitting. Maybe you need as a as a step, as a statement to you, to the Lord, to get up out of your seat and walk down to this altar area and make that commitment. Maybe you're here today and kind of like those verses I read in Leviticus, you've, you've, you've gone down the wrong path, you've made some wrong choices, but He is quick and ready to forgive he's so ready he is so ready the enemy tries to convince us don't 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 repent don't ask for forgiveness god's not going to give it to you and and yet god is eager That was, that's what's amazing in that passage is he tells them, you, 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 if you don't follow my commandments, here's all the bad things that are going to happen. Here, here's all the bad things that are going to come your way. But, but after all of that, no matter what you've done, no matter the direction you've gone, after all of that, if you'll just simply turn to me again, I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter the mistakes you've made. He's a God who is eager to forgive. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Just, just another moment or two and then if you will, we'll 
dismiss, but I just I'd like us to maintain this this atmosphere for another moment or two while the Lord is still touching some and talking to some. I believe there's some there's some commitments and decisions being made in this moment right now that are going to impact eternity. It's going to be an eternal impact in a positive way by some of the choices that, some of the commitments that are being made in this moment right now. Can I, can I plead with somebody today? Maybe you know you've kind of gotten off of walking the path of life. Maybe you know you've kind of strayed from that path. It's, it's a great day. It's a great opportunity to, to get back on it. It's a great day to make a fresh start and a new beginning. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I just want you, Jesus. Everything I need comes from you. Everything I need comes from you. Peace comes from you. Joy comes from you. Contentment comes from you. Hope comes from you. Forgiveness comes from you. According to your word, every good gift comes from you, Lord. Every good thing comes from you. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. I just want you, I just need you. I want you and I need you. Those aren't the same things. What we need and what we want aren't the same things, but I want Him and I need Him. Oftentimes our kids tell us what they need, but it's really just what they want. I need you. I want you. I just want you, Jesus. You're the source. You're the source. You're the source. In the name of Jesus. There are several that are praying, still praying, but if you're if you're finished, you need to go, you want to go, you're welcome to. Thank you for being here. I hope we will see you this evening for a time of fellowship. I just want you, Lord. I just want you, Jesus. I just want you. Jesus' name. There's joy in your presence. Pleasures forevermore at your right hand, Lord. Jesus, you don't owe me. Jesus. Jesus' name. More than anything that you could do. I just 
I just want you, Jesus. I just want you, Jesus. I just need you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.